The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. guys welcome back to the tragedy of cinema podcast the universal monster series i'm your host jimbo and joined once again in the dark tomb of none other than my dad art toast art toast uh today we'll be talking about a much better movie than our last one um the she-wolf of frankenstein this is uh, the she-wolf of frankenstein (laughs) (laughs) she-wolf of london this is the ghost of frankenstein um Frankenstein is probably one of my. He's probably my in my top two favorite Universal monsters. I just think he's growing on me the more movies I see him in. Um, but Dad, before we start, of course, I have a question. Who do you think portrayed the better Frankenstein, Boris? Excuse me, Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> the monster, uh, Boris Karloff or Lon Chaney Jr. I would say. Boris Karloff, although Lon Chaney Jr. didn't do bad. There was, there was another one that played, was it? Uh, a Glenn Strange Glenn or Strange, like that. He's better than Glenn Strange. Yeah, yeah. And and if you remember, I do believe Lon Chaney had to actually step in for Glenn Strange. I think it's in the notes when he, uh, didn't he like go through the window or something during one of the movies? Yeah, oh, Abbott and Costello. Costello. I think it was Costello. Abbott and Costello being mm-hmm. Frankenstein that he stepped in and did it. So, um yeah, I, I think Lon Chaney uh, fits the part. He looks the part. Uh, of course, you're never going to top the original, but I think this is pretty much as close as you can get. So um, since we went ahead and went real long on that last one, let's go ahead and get started on this one. Maybe it won't be as long. Igor. <laughs> My friend. My friend. Yeah, that's your cue. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Maybe that might be longer. <laughs> All right. The Ghost of Frankenstein. 
Uh, it was uh, release date is March thirteenth, nineteen forty-two, and the synopsis of this is Doctor Frankenstein plans to replace the brain of his monster, but there's other plans. My Igor, but see, and this, I don't even know if you can. I don't even know if you can. Uh, say that because I don't think it was really Dr. Frankenstein's idea to begin with. You know what I mean? He didn't have no plans to replace the brain in the monster. No, but he convinces him of doing that in there because he's going to destroy it. He finds the, didn't he find his dad's book and was reading that uh, to convince him that it'd be great for his. Well, because Igor comes and visits him and he says, hey, you know, we need to give you the power and look, let's put a new brain in him. But if you remember the way that he was actually going to destroy Frankenstein, do you remember how the way to destroy Frankenstein in this movie is? It's taken piece by piece of our section, <laughs> right? And he goes, like, you can't do that to Not my friend. friend. It's murder. And then, you know, they started playing on its murder. But if he's dead, is it really murder? But he's alive again, is it really murder? But he's the ghost of Frankenstein. No, he's not. No, I know it, but it's, I'm just... Acting stupid. The ghost of Frankenstein's only here about two minutes of the movie if you want to get technical, so. <laughs> All right, continue on. <laughs> All right. The cast of this was Cedric uh, Hardwick, played Ludwig Frankenstein. Ralph Bellamy played Eric Emist. Lionel Atwell played Dr. Theodore Bomer. Belly Lagoski played Igor. <laughs> Lagoski. <laughs> Not Legoski. He doesn't ski. Which <laughs> played in Dracula, the most famous Dracula of all. Uh, Evelyn Antkers played Elsa Frankenstein. She played in The Wolfman in 1941. <laughs> and Lon Chaney Jr. played the monster. Of course, he was in the original Wolfman back in the. Why do you look like Renfield from Dracula? You're rocking back and forth like you're... Yes, master, yes. I, now, I have a question, and I don't know if you'll know this. I don't know if you'll know this answer. But according to your notes, it says that it was Lon Chaney Jr. that played the monster. When you watch the movie, he's just known Only as Lon Chaney. Only as Lon Chaney. Which, that would be his dad, right? Right. I think I've seen that in other movies, too, where it's Lon Chaney Jr., but it's only credited as Lon Chaney. But, I mean, it's, did he ever go as Lon Chaney Jr. as a credit, do you know? Or was it always Lon Chaney? Did he not start acting until after his father's death, and therefore he would be the only Lon Chaney? Mm, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, I believe there is some that he is credited as Lon Chaney Jr., now, whether before or after that, but I know there are several of them that he's just credited as Lon Chaney, because I used to think that, too. Now, of course, Lon Chaney, the man of a thousand faces. and uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Phantom of the Opera, uh, things like that. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's credited in there a lot of just as by the name Lon Chaney. That probably didn't answer your question. Well, no, I just didn't know if, if, if you noticed that, too, during this movie, where yeah, as, I, as Lon Chaney, you know, or if you even paid that close why attention. Why or why not they, they do that is... Did you have anybody else in the cast? Yeah, let's go with Barton Yarborough, Dr. <laughs> Catering. Catering, yeah. Yeah, and he was in I Love a Mystery in 1945. 
And then we got um, Leland Hodgkins. He was the chief constable. He was in The Visible Man's Revenge. Have you seen that one? Mm, no, I don't believe so. And uh, Olaf Hyten was Houseman. He played in The Good Earth. And there was Holmes Herbert. He was the magistrate. He played in the 1931 version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's been several versions of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, too. I don't know if you've ever covered any of them, have we? I believe he was in... Um, uh, I don't think so, but didn't Abbott and Costello meet him one time? Yes, I believe so. And then there's there's a whole slew of them in here, which a lot of them, it's they're uncredited, uh, but a lot of them played in some of the... Uh, scary movies of Frankenstein. Um, there's one in The Adventures of Robin Hood, which you all done a podcast of that, which actually I watched it and it was very good. Really good. Uh, and the, the color in it and everything was was very good. Uh, Dracula, The Mask of Fu Manchu, uh, the 1920 version, one played in it of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And there's another played in the Son of Frankenstein. So there's there's uh, quite a few. I mean, there was a little village boy in here. It's incredible, and he played in the Clint Eastwood movie, 1980, uh, any which way you can. Did uh, who played the little girl in this movie? Because she did outstanding. Let me see if I got that here. Is that on this last page? Maybe. Village of the Hungry. You know the goose girl is. Was wasn't she the goose girl? Or not? No, the goose goose girl was the one. That <laughs> Say that five times. <laughs> goose girl goes. And she's the one that just turns. She was like walking that. around there, and Frankenstein's walking through the village. But uh, I don't. I don't see her right off. Well, if we find her, we'll find her. Um, does that narrow down the cast for you? Are you done? Yeah, and most right. of these here, again, and it's I have just a question. Um, do you think that um, was a Ludwig's daughter, Elsa Frankenstein, Frankenstein? Do you think that they paid homage to the Bride of Frankenstein actress, Elsa Lanchester, by naming her Elsa Frankenstein in this movie? Yes, that could be. I think so. But that's totally made up, so I don't know if that's accurate or not, but, but according to me it is, so we'll go with it. Um, this did win a couple of awards, well, one award, won a nomination. Of course, you know, when you have these Universal Monster movies like this, they lump them all together in some great collections. Um, this won the Saturn Award for the Frankenstein Complete Legacy Collection for the best DVD Blu-ray collection in 2017 from the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films USA. And then it was nominated actually in 1943 for a Hugo Award, um, for the nominated for Hugo for the best or the best dramatic presentation of a sh in, in short form. So well, let me ask you a question. Have no clue. <laughs> no, you see a lot of all these here get nominated. They, they clunk them all together. Okay, Universal Monsters and maybe a set of a Blu-ray or whatnot. Now my question to you is. If they had just the set of the complete Frankenstein collection, they do complete complete Dracula collection. They, have you not seen them? 
They have the Wolfman collection. They have the... Um, I thought you had some. No, well, I did. Oh, no, but yeah, and they have Wolfman, Frankenstein, uh, Dracula. So I'm going to throw all these in here. Frankenstein. Okay. If you could only own one set, what set? Frankenstein. It would be the Frankenstein? I think Frankenstein has the best all-around movies as a whole. Even though I might think Wolfman is a better movie. <laughs> Do you see what now I'm saying? But, but you'd have to throw in the She-Wolf of London. Exactly. That's exactly why <laughs> that did not make the list. Um, yeah, I would probably take Frankenstein. Of course, the Dracula is with... Because if you take the Frankenstein collection, you get Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, mm-hmm. <laughs> House of Frankenstein. You have it all, Right. You get all those good ones. So, uh, but yeah, the Dracula, there's wouldn't be nothing to it. Unless if you're saying, um, if you're just throwing in Dracula where... You're not just considering Universal movies, and you throw in the ones with uh, Christopher Lee and well, that um, would be a different. That's a whole different. But with Dracula, you got the, the son of Dracula, Dracula's daughter. Dracula, yeah, uh, Brian's Dracula or something. That's uh, then you got the Invisible Man series. Yeah, but I don't think I think you would get the most for your money for the Frankenstein series as far as movies, because even in Abbott and Costello meet. Frankenstein, you get Dracula and you get uh, Invisible Man and you get all that. They're not, they wouldn't be considered part of the, the Wolfman set. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. You're going off the name. Now, right. Now, having said that, you may have changed. Who would be your favorite Universal Monster now? My favorite Universal Monster is obviously there's only one choice, and that is the Gill Man from the Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I say that because I got the great Rico Browning's autograph before he died, the guy that portrayed the Gill Man in the underwater scenes. And I always thought that that was shot so well with him swimming underwater and everything. It just, it just creeps you out because there's just stuff about the ocean and lakes that just creep you out. You don't know what's in there. Um, and then probably after that, Wolfman would probably be my second favorite and then Frankenstein. So, what but you'd, rather, you'd still rather own the set of Frankenstein. I, than you asked me if I if, if it was a set, yeah, because I could get the set of Frankenstein and still enjoy Lon Chaney as the Wolfman in several of those movies. I wouldn't get the Gill Man, but what about you? What collection? And what? I would probably go with the Frankenstein set. <laughs> exactly, but what about your favorite monsters? It's again, I was I, I was always a creature fan. Uh, even when I was a kid, uh, even though the the third installment, The Creature Walks Among Us, I don't know if we've ever done that, have you? No. It wasn't that wonderful. No, it's not. That's it's right there with Chi Wolf. Hey, you know what? We'll make that the next one we do then. So if you wanted to, that'll be the next Universal Monster movie we do. But, uh, all right, carry on. I'm just curious. Well, now I have another question for you that brought up another question. We'll get to the movie eventually. Did you ever, or are you old enough that you ever got to read any of the Penny Dreadfuls? The who? Do you know what a Penny Dreadful is? What's a Penny Dreadful? Okay, never mind. We'll just skip on. Penny Dreadful was the, um, like a newspaper or magazine that would be all about horror-related monsters and all that. But it was, I think it was based over in England. Well, they, do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? When I grew up, you had... Uh, there's magazines here. Fangoria and Thriller and all that There's stuff. some. One of them was just called Monsters. Hollywood Monsters. They had two or three different brands of that. 
which they had a lot of articles in it, but a lot of pictures, too. Because <laughs> you uh, can't read. You had to get the one with the pictures. No, no, they, they just come with them. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, a lot of the times, I'm sure Frankenstein graced the cover of many of them. Because he's uh, probably sold. But uh, they, I, you'd see some of the, in some of the articles in there of movies, which... Uh, I couldn't even tell you what the name of it is, but there was a real neat uh, picture, photograph, of uh, there used to be these old wrought iron fences with the spikes on it, and there was a guy laying there, and these well, <laughs> spikes stuck up through his body, I guess, where he had fell, or somebody threw him off something. and But that, I, I remember that very well. And they used, they used well, what to, movie was it from? I don't know. I just remember that picture in that magazine. <laughs> And then they had where you could buy stuff. They had the monster mask. And I always thought that was neat. And uh, actually, I thought one of the coolest ones was, uh, and I don't know, we've never done this, the mole people mask was pretty cool. And they had all kinds of things you could buy, models and movies, 8 millimeter movies that you could play. But anyway... So you don't know what Penny Dreadfuls are. Let's get all the way back around to it. But I have read... Um, Ram Stoker's Dracula, which was I read that. Too. Well, I listened. I had the audio book. But it's, that ain't the same. But it's thing. Well, yeah, the it words is. are too big for you to pronounce. And, well, at least I don't read them and pronounce them wrong the entire time, like you probably did. The, the book was very good. I thought. Yeah, it was different than what you thought it was going to be. It's very good, but because it just uh, it's like your each of them tells their own. It's like their journals or diaries, right? And it it, it come together very good. I thought. And it kind of it just ended pretty abruptly too. You know, uh, I was thinking for this big battle scene to happen. No, it's just basically Jonathan Harker goes over there. The uh, I've read Frankenstein too, but uh, the Dracula book was a whole lot better. Than well, that. you're just saying because uh, Frankenstein was written by a woman and you didn't like that. No, I, that's not here nor there. I just thought <laughs> Dracula was a lot better. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to this movie, or we'll be here all night, um, which we already are. But uh, here's some technical aspects of this movie. The runtime is uh, 67 minutes, so a little bit over an hour. I like these uh, shorter movies like this where you can watch them uh, get them over with real quick. Uh, this was The sound mix was mono, which was the Western Electric uh, Microphonic Recording. Uh, the color info was black and white. Um, let me ask you a question on that real quick. Since we've already derailed this episode... Do you think you would like to see them if they have the technology to, uh, especially like the originals, Wolfman, Frankenstein, all that, uh, bring out a colored version? If they could go back and show you what they were wearing, like like this movie right here, would you want to see it in color? I would take a watch of it, even though I think, to me, it uh, it would take away from the... Because I think the black and white really does a good job with it. It's because of, the, I guess, because of the shadows. The ambience, yeah. I think... The ambulance. <laughs> the ambulance. <laughs> uh, help me. But I just, I don't know. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you see Frankenstein now, you know, he looks pretty cool. But, you know, you, you add color and maybe he's like uh, light blue or something. It's going to take well, away because how it shows up on the film. It, if you haven't said that, Hammer has a film. I think it's the, the Evil of Frankenstein, and 
And it's in color, and he's got that blue look to it. Well, him. and I do believe that um, I have the Munsters, and I do believe that Herman Munster was the original, but they were all blue. All the characters were blue. So, all right. Uh, aspect ratio was 137 uh, to 1. Uh, negative format was 35 millimeter. Uh, the process was spherical, and the printed format was 35 millimeters. Uh, the filming locations were all on the Universal Studios uh, 100 Universal City Plaza, Universal City, California, USA. So, um, this is such a great movie. Um, we'll go ahead and start talking about it a little bit. So, at the beginning of this movie, um, the townspeople are in an uproar. Because um, Frankenstein has given their city a bad name. You know, there's no bread for my children. They cry in the night. And it's like really just taking their toll on this whole entire town. And they're all complaining to the judge. And and he's like, look, I don't know what it's going to do. But you know what? Do what you want with the castle. We don't care. Well, they almost blackmail him into that. Yeah. If you don't do something, you may not be the mayor the of the next, next election. Next, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he, he tells them to go ahead and do what you want. And so let's go blow it up. Where do they get all this dynamite? <laughs> every every Frankenstein movie, they want to blow something up. Or, um, But uh, this movie takes pretty much right after The Son of Frankenstein where... Frankenstein had fallen into the sulfuric pits, if you remember. We covered that one. And um, come to find out that Bela Lugosi's character, as you say, Lugosi, uh, character Igor, is still alive. And he is actually on top of this, <laughs> on top of the castle. And they're coming down there to start thinking. And uh, he's throwing boulders off the side of this and almost smashing them up. Look, it's It's Igor. He's still alive, you know, and so they kind of run away for a minute, but they start planting the dynamite, I guess. I guess it's dynamite, I mean, around, and they end up, start blowing up the castle. And, of course, Igor is running through the caverns, if you will, and um, they're blowing up. But next thing you know, it's a pretty cool shot because he sees this hand, the shadow of a hand, like sticking... Now it's sulfur. And the back, no. But I mean, you see the shadow on the wall behind him, you know, and with the castle. And it's Hannah, he turns, he's like, my friend. And he goes over there and he starts digging away. And here we have, you see the monster and he's covered in from the sulfur, I guess, from the sulfur pits. Which gives him sort of the ghost look of it. Right. Not of him, but. A very, very well, cool, pretty cool. And he's like, my friend, my mm. friend. Um, and like I was talking to you, I think. Bela Lugosi kills it as a performance as Igor. Son of Frankenstein, yes, but this movie probably even more so. So he's like, come, come, come. Uh, they don't know that you're here. We need to get away from here. They're going to destroy this. And Frankenstein's out there trying to hug trees and everything because a storm has come and ends up getting struck by lightning, you know. And um, Igor's like, oh, we need to go see, you know, Frankenstein, you know, the son of what, whoever it is, he decides that they need to go see. So... He's got that stupid flute in this, the, I guess I'd call it a flute. I don't know what it is, you know, the little horn he yeah. plays and Frankenstein follows it. So they come to the city and. Here comes the goose, the geese, the goose, the goose boy, and the goose girl. You see Igor and you see, you know, limping along and you see Frankenstein coming through the town and there's just a, like, 
20 geese, <laughs> boy walking and 20 geese, and then there's a little goose girl, and they get by, and she kind of looks at Frankenstein, and he looks down at her, which is a really good shot, because it makes him look really tall, and then she turns and starts walking away, and then she turns again and looks at him, you know, and, um, so they're walking through the town, and you see these boys picking on this girl, this girl's playing ball against the wall, kicking it back and forth, and these little punk boys come, they kick it. And it goes flying. It's like a ball with a, a string attached to it. And it goes... I thought it was a balloon at first. Thing, I did too. But it goes flying up and it gets stuck on like the top of this roof in like a shutter or something. And uh, Frankenstein walks up to him and uh, he looks at him and they take off running scared to death. And, and the little girl just turns around and she's like, uh, hi. You know, she grabs her, grabs his hand. And to me... When you watch a Frankenstein movie, there's always that moment that he has with a child. <laughs> you remember the first yeah. one? And he's up on throwing her in the river or whatever. Yeah. But, but I, they say that Frankenstein had a murderer, a murderous brain and a criminal's brain, right? Yeah. Abnormal, but Abby normal, right? But 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 did they ever say if his the brain that they got? I know he was a criminal, but did they ever say that it was a um a mentally challenged brain? Did they ever say that? I, no, because I it always so. seems like he always just a criminal mind. I would like think. a child mind. Yeah. I, I would say. Um, but anyway, so. Um, the little girl, you know, he's talking to the little girl. She's like, oh, my ball. She's like, can you help me get my ball? <laughs> and he just looks and he picks her up in his arms and gingerly, you know, and, and by now the townsfolk have started, they come running after him. He's walking up the stairs to go get get her ball and he turns around and he just <laughs> walks down the stairs and uh, he's walking up there and it's a really cool shot where he's up there on top of the, you know, the houses and all that and. Well, they yeah. think he's going to kill the girl. Yeah, they think he's going to toss her off, which at that point, I, th- I thought if that guy shoots that gun, he's going to just toss this girl off the side of the building. So he's like, no, don't shoot. That's my daughter. And um, basically, he ends up reaches out. Well, one friend of his, he says, oh, actually, he runs up there and uh, tries to stop him. And Frank's like knocks him off the top of the roof and he falls down to his death at the bottom. Right. And uh, this is where Frankenstein just basically holds out the girl. She gets the ball, and he's carrying her back down. And, and um, basically, they say, they say, look, nobody will hurt you. Just let her go or whatever. And he gets back down on the stairs. He said, he hands the guy. Dad comes over. They hand him to her. And then all of a sudden, the mob jumps him. And Igor said, you said you, you won't hurt him. You won't hurt him. <laughs> Uh, so now they've got, um, they get away. He throws him in the, gets in the back of a wagon. No, no, no. That's not yet. They take him and they put him downtown and they handcuff him to the chair in front of the judge. Yeah. And, uh, Igor's like, you said you wouldn't hurt him. And, and he takes off to the crowd. He escapes. But so now they've got Frankenstein monster, uh, in court, in court, but, um, the people's court. But, but before that, uh, the guy comes with Elsa. I forgot her. Is that her husband? Or is that her fiance? Do you know what That's, uh, he, it's uh, Eric Emmons. I think it was his 
Boyfriend? Boyfriend, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, hey, you need to come down here, Dr. Ludwig. Uh, we got this guy down here. I've never seen anything like it. He's just a monster of a man. You know, and he, you know, they're not going to be able to contain him. And he's like, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And so he leaves and, and uh, Elsa leaves. And uh, the secret chamber behind the door uh, comes their maid or whatever. She's like, hey, uh, you got somebody here from the town of... Frankenstein, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't. And he's like, she said he's diminishing. And he's like, I'll see him right away. And as he's walking away, he turns around and he tells her, he says, look, I don't want Elsa to know anything about this guy being here. So she's like, as you wish, pretty much. So um, he goes, and this is always crazy because he goes out the door that Elsa and the guy just left. And <laughs> Igor is out there. But if you watch, he's hiding behind curtains. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes on. He's like, Dr. Frankenstein? Uh, you know, and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, hey, I'm Igor. You know, your, your brother or your father was the one that harnessed lightning for Frankenstein. He's back. That's who's down there. And you're going to go get him from the court and bring him back, to, back, back out here. Or I'm going to tell everybody what your family did and the legacy that they, they created this guy and all that. He doesn't want no part of that. He's like, so you will go get him? He's like, yeah, I'll go get him. So he goes back to his room. He has this little bookcase or whatever, and he pulls out the secret compartment, pulls out this briefcase, opens it up, and there's the two books, The Diary of Wolf von Frankenstein and something else in there. And he starts looking at it. So the next thing you see is they're in the courtroom, and it's a pretty cool scene with Frankenstein. He just looks massive sitting there, iron chained to that, uh, I don't know, chair? I chair, guess. yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, he's a monster. You know, they, he would have killed. He's already killed two of our townsfolk, blah, blah, blah. And uh, there's, he'll kill again. And so by this time, uh, Frankenstein is in the room. He's like, I've never seen this man before in my life or this thing ever before in my life. And um, at this time, Frankenstein gets mad at something and he ends up just Busting the chains from the chair. Well, they they had the they brought the girl in to talk to him. Remember he? Well, they they didn't want him to talk to him, and she just walks right past the ball. Yeah, walks right up there. And she says, "Will you tell us your name or whatever?" <laughs> and he just looks down, and that's when the I think the dad comes and pulls her back, and that makes that, him mad. That's why I think he broke the chains, right? Because he took the girl out, right? So. Uh, so somehow he's established this connection. I don't know if he thinks it's the same girl as before that he threw in the river. That's what I think. Uh, but that's a couple of movies ago. You know, does he, does he really have that kind of memory? We don't know. Um, so he gets mad and he's getting ready to start. Uh, he starts tossing guards and everything. And he gets to Frankenstein and he's getting ready. looks like he's getting ready to choke him. And he just looks at him and he just stops. And he recognizes him. I don't know if he. I don't know that he recognizes him per se, but he recognized him. Didn't Igor start playing the flute? Then Igor starts playing the flute, and he goes busting out the window. Remember, and he says, "He got to come, come," and that's where he throws him in the back of that carriage with his feet sticking out. Yeah, and they take off with him. <coughs> so now we. What was that? Are you growling like Frankenstein over there? Maybe in my stomach. Oh. <laughs> so. um it was the growl from the she-wolf. <laughs> so now you get back to, um, I don't know if she is, I don't know if this is where Elsa have seen um, the notes or, has this is, has she seen the uh, diaries and read them on the, the table yet? I, it may be. 
I know she, it's close. If not, she walks by the uh, his desk and goes in there, and I yeah, think she, she sees did. the books, and then I think she sees Igor looking through the window. No, it's Frankenstein, it? I do believe. Well, they're uh, both there, right? But I think it's only Frankenstein she sees. It's right here. So this, yeah, she goes and finds the books, and she looks at them, and um, she reads it a little bit, which I don't know how you. Um, Live your whole life with the last name of Frankenstein and don't know anything. Don't know nothing about it. But this is where he's like, hey, um, I'm going to need a new fresh body if I'm going to put, if I'm going to save Frankenstein basically and harness enough electricity or whatever, put a new brain in him. So um, actually, no, she's reading the diary and that's where they're having flashbacks to the original Frankenstein or Son of Frankenstein, whichever one it is. I think it's original Frankenstein. Which I think with the sets on these are. Oh, great. Yeah, especially the laboratories. The, right, and the, you even get to the, see, the sparks and all that. You I even get to see good old uh, Dwight Fry, who uh, played the, uh, what was his name? It wasn't Igor. It was, um, oh, I have it in the notes somewhere. Uh, we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, she's reading about all this now. So it's actually showing a lot of the old footage of the original Frankenstein and how he was made and how they dug up the body and the electricity and all that, and she can't believe it. And then uh, she goes back to her room, and yeah, and it's Frankenstein there, and Igor's like trying to pull him away. Ah, yeah. She's screaming, and I don't know. And she pulls the curtains. I don't know what that's going to do. We're gonna pull this, you know. And, and then she turns the lights on. So and then she goes to go out the door, and in comes who is it? None other than oh, it's just Dad. Uh, so she's like, look, the monster's here. I've seen it. He's like, you're crazy. That's nonsense. You know, no, no, he was really, he's looking inside my window. He's a peeping Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and she said that, uh, that Igor's with him too. Um, but so anyway, somehow Frank, uh, the monster and Igor go around to the, I guess the backside and they bust in a door. And, uh, this is where poor old, they run into poor old Kettering <laughs> And basically, Frankenstein chokes him yeah, out. Yeah, he gets killed. Yeah, which Frankenstein's moving pretty good in this movie. I ain't gonna lie. For somebody that's been stuck in sulfur, but I think he does a really With good job. A lot of the movies they have him walking too stiff. Right, but I think he does really good here. You know, and I like how he just shows the street where he's just dragging. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 choked out, and he's like, "Look, not now. We're gonna. You got to come with me. We can't have anybody see you." And pretty much right away, the father comes and sees Kettering dead on the floor. And here comes Elsa running after him. And uh, she's like, Father, who is it? Ah, it's Dr. Kettering. He's dead. <laughs> and then he d- is that his assistant? Oh, no. Frank- she turned around and Frankenstein's there. And uh, he grabs her. Yeah, this is pretty cool, too. The uh, Yeah, he turns gas turns on. Turns the to- gas on. They've locked him in there and... Igor and Frankenstein and Elsa are all in this room, and he turns like this gas on, and it's a really cool cinematography trick because they put the gas in, and it makes them all start going to sleep. And um, Frankenstein's the last one to go. You know, he's fighting. He's like the great picture of him, like, oh, and then he finally goes down. But then when he turns it off, they must have reversed the film or something. Do you see how it just sucks it back out? It was beautifully done, beautifully done. But, yeah, when Frankenstein's trying to escape here, I thought he did really good. Um even though he's walking stiff, I think that, um, you know, he, he, he tried to bust through doors and, and everything. And it's taken more than what it takes to knock down a normal person because uh, it's already taken out Igor and Elsa. Yeah. And then, you know, he's trying to hold on to the ceiling. And finally, he just 
But again, that's, that's them shots there shows the massiveness that, that, that the way they do that show you how big he really oh, yeah. is. So he turns the gas off. He runs in there and he gets um, first person he gets is I do believe it's Elsa, and he tells his assistant, um, what's his the new doctor's assistant, the one with the brain guy. It's not Kettering, Bomer, Doctor Bomer. Bomer. Yeah, yeah. So he yells for him to come and. Um, he opens the door and of course he runs and he first thing he's going to do is he's going to check on Elsa. Uh, he said, like, "Give me a hand, you know. Let's get her out of here." <laughs> and oh, Dr. Bomer, you know, turns around and I think this is where he sees uh, Frankenstein's monster laying over there. He checks on uh, Igor and he looks. No, he's checking on Kettering, I think. Right? Is Kettering in there too at the moment? Now he, I don't think he was in there where they. The, uh, the where they gassed him at. Well, I think mean, he was I, on I, down the hall. But I don't know if because. But I don't know when. But if I don't know where they shut the door at because remember he went in there and if that's the same hall where the gas was yeah. coming and all that because at the end of the movie they're going to gas the entire village if you remember. Yeah. So so uh, so now Doctor Bomer knows. Oh boy, this is bigger than what I thought. So here's Igor and he looks up and he sees Frankenstein. Obviously, he goes to a cut scene and then you see. Elsa laying in a bed and like, you know, I don't understand what's going on. What's happening? He's like, look, he's like, uh, police aren't going to be able to do anything against this monster. She's like, I have to basically kill this thing. Uh, and she's like, Dr. Kettering, he's like, look, Dr. Kettering, he's not going to make it. He's dead. That uh, he tried to save him, but there was no, nothing that we could do that he is dead. So... Um, who is it that suggests? Is it well? They've so they've ended up putting Frankenstein on the on the table down there in one of the well, mini. Igor wants him to put another brain in him. Well, he tells us he's like, but he, he said he that says, he "Look, do it. well, he said that they, I think it's him and Doctor the Doctor because Frankenstein wakes up here and he injects him with something and to knock him out. And at this time, Doctor Bomer walks in and uh, you know he's like, "Look, he's like." This is how we made Frankenstein. It's like there's only one way to kill him, and that's by dissection. And Igor overhears him, I think, through the door, and he's like, no, 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 my friend. friend. You can't do that. He's like, look, just put a new brain into him, and he'll be okay. Which, if I'm Igor, that's a pretty smart ploy. You know what I mean? You've got this massive man. If you put the right kind of brain in there, he should be okay. So... um, that's another cool shot right there. I don't know if you saw that, Dad. Look, did you see Frankenstein? coming up. Uh-huh. No, not here. Uh, watch the shadow behind. Uh, watch right here. See, when he goes to get that solution, and it, it turns out, look at this. Yeah. I think that's really well done. Um, so he's, he's over there, and he's getting something. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really show, show him stabbing Frankenstein. He's just kind of standing behind him. Yeah, but well, you can assume assume that he's done it in the back, right? <laughs> shot, <laughs> shot, shot, shot him in, in the back. back. <laughs> uh, so they're they just talk about it, um, and and Bomer's like, look, and, and Frankenstein tells him, says, look, if we put this new brain in here, he's like, you're going to get all these accolades and everything that you could ever imagine. You'll be the man, the respect that you deserve. You'll have everything you, you get wanted. the credit for. And Frankenstein, and so he's got Bomer. He's decided, okay. He's like, well, whose brain are you going to put in there? And he said, I'm going to put... Well, I, th- I still think at this point, they're still. he's still thinking about that he's going to kill him. You know, that I need to dissect him. 
So um, as Frankenstein's going over some of his father's notes, here's where the ghost of Frankenstein comes into play because he is listening and sees his, his projection of his father. Um, he's like, son, why are you going to ruin everything that I've done? Um, you know, you, you're on the verge of something great. Just put a new brain in this guy. You will be, you will done what I have tried to do. He actually plays both parts. Both parts, mm-hmm. right. Because, unfortunately, the guy that played in the first one is dead. <laughs> he died in 1937. So, um, yeah, so he's like, look, you, this would be the crowning achievement of your career. Um, make it happen. And he's like, you know, you created it. Uh, it's it's a destruction itself. He's like, I didn't know I was putting in a murderer's <laughs> brain into it when I got it. Uh, which makes me think back to young Frankenstein when he sends Igor, he gets Abby Normal Brain. Abby Normal. Even though that's not part of this, but that's a great movie um, by itself. But he's like, look, you know, we're on the verge of, of, of creating what everybody wants to know, the, the origin of life, and it's at your fingertips. And he tells him, he's like, look, I gave it a criminal brain. If you do a brain transfer, um, you can cure that. And lo and behold, the doctor, what was his name, Bo- Both, uh, Dr. Bomer. Bomer, yeah, he had just done a, the first successful brain transplant at the beginning with this uh, Dr. Frankenstein. So uh, now he's decided that I'm going to bring Bomer in since he met himself or the ghost of his dad. Hey, we can do this. We can make this Frankenstein a, a force to with him. It'd be one of the greatest science uh, marvels ever created you can sit around and talk to him uh we'll be famous and uh igor he poor guy uh he he's like okay we'll put a new brain in but igor always has a little bit of a uh, if you know igor he always has a little bit of a trick up his sleeve um but this is where he's like oh you changed your mind and igor's trying to bounce in there and say Frankenstein. So he finally lets him in. And I guess the, the, their plan is to put Dr. Kettering's brain in there. And I think it, it, when you hear Frankenstein and Bomer talk, he's like, look, is Kettering going to be grateful that I brought him back? Or is he going to hate me because I put him in this monstrous body? So I thought that was very interesting. Well, he was trying to preserve his his mind because he, it was a great, a great mind. mind. Right. Right. So... He's like, Igor, you know, when, when when Frankenstein comes to, you're his friend. We're going to need you to tell him, hey, we're going to put a new brain in there. Um, <laughs> you get rid of this one. And I, how am I feeling about Frankenstein? I know I'm not good enough the way I am that you want to do this to me. So, um, you know, and Igor is really upset about it at first. He's like, you can't take the only friend I have away from me. He's like, if you take my friend, then I'm going to be all alone, which... Igor has been through a lot. He's what they tried to hang him and broke his neck, and his neck's broke still. Uh, they shot him multiple times, yeah. I believe. Um, they just tried to blow up his. Well, they did blow up the Frankenstein uh, village house. So he's like, "Look, he's like, my body's no good." He's like, "Take my neck, take my brain, and put it in his body." Like my body's in shambles, and he's like, "No, look, we can't put your brain in his body. <laughs> Be ridiculous." He'd, we know how you are. And uh, but he's like, look, that's my friend. You can make us one person. And um, Frank's like, uh, Frank's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That I'd rather put Kettering's brain there. He's, he's better Bur- brain brilliant. than we are. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So, and Frankenstein's on him. He's like, do you think I'm going to put your sly brain into this monstrous body? We know what you would do. Uh, and you would be responsible for all these consequences to come. So, he's like, just make sure that you tell him that when he wakes up, it's your responsibility to tell him, hey, look, we're putting this brain in him. Uh, he's like, okay, I can do that. But... Igor, the sneaky little guy, he ends has up other plans. Yeah, ends up uh, once uh, Frankenstein goes away, he ends up talking with Bomer and says, "Look, he's like, I don't think it's yet because I think when Frankenstein comes to, and he tries to tell him what's happening, I have a question for you. Um, when Frankenstein, he does he walk out on his own when he comes to?" I'm trying to remember, but there's a point where he goes away and he kidnaps a little girl and starts a fire. It's got to be this night before, before it's, I think it happens this night uh, before the afternoon or before the surgery is going to take place. And he goes and he gets a little girl and he, he grabs is it the same girl. He goes in her house. Yeah. Because he gets the ball too. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So, so he's, he grabs the ball, but in the process, because Igor's explained to him, look, we're going to put the, a new brain in there. And, and Frankenstein goes, gets the girl, breaks into her window, uh, and he's got got her, and he's grabbed the ball, too. And when he goes through, he actually knocks over the kerosene lamp and starts a fire and burns the house down, basically. Yeah. But they didn't hear anything, which is crazy to begin with, because he comes over and he, you know, he just picks her up and all that. And he's, uh, she's happy to see him. And he takes her back to the castle. <laughs> and... Frankenstein is telling the doctor he's pointing at her brain and he wants it in he his brain. Right. He wanted to put the kid's brain into his brain. And I'm thinking something's not right with Frankenstein's brain to begin with. It's It's got to be more than just not a criminal. It's got to be something crazy. Um, so Igor is still trying to explain like, look, you know. But that may go back to what you saying at the beginning. He may have the mind of a a, a, a child. Right. So he the, here's another thing. Yeah, the, the, the Nigor tells him, "Look, this is the happiest he's ever been because he was going to go over there and choke about putting the brain in." So um, there's a point. Um, so basically, during all this, Igor has talked to Bomer and said, "Look, you put my brain in there, you'd get all the accolades, and I, you mean you could rule this country. I, you would have anything you wanted, you know, under my control or whatever. With my, with your brains and my strength." We would be unstoppable, which that right there should have told you something. <laughs> but this guy, Bomer, he he just, you know, he really likes it. So, well, he's wanting to get the attention, the accolades. Yeah. Right. So, this entire time, they're trying to find Igor and Frankenstein. Then they've searched the village, they've searched the outfields, they've searched everywhere. They can't find him. So, they know somebody must be harboring him. And what better place to search than. Oh, the Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> right. So um, they, they, they've looked through all that, and they're like, he's like, well, look, because they came to find Dr. Kittering, he's like, look, Kittering's not here. He went to go see his family uh, left on the train. And he tells the one guy, well, you watched the train the whole night, right? Yeah, this morning. Yeah. He, no, he, he didn't, didn't, go didn't get on. And uh, he's like, well, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, well, do you mind if we search the place? He's like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. So they go on this big search, and he tells that guy, he says, make sure you search for any trap doors, any secret passages. And they would have got away with it, too, if there was just a little creek 
a crease uh, over by one of the uh, power power equipment. So there's like, you won't mind search, uh, taking us down here, right? Doctor, he's like, no, go ahead. So they go down there and uh, they see this room that has a lamp and like a neatly made bed. And I do believe that's Igor's horn on the oh, pillow, right. right? And they're like, well, why does this look like somebody's just been staying here? And he's like, look, he's like, you should know that I keep this at room temperature. You know my line of work. So anytime I get somebody, it's ready to go at all times. <laughs> what a great lie. <laughs> I mean, what a great lie. Um, and I also believe there's another room down here that's like another laboratory uh, hidden laboratory behind this wall. Too. It's amazing how easy they seem to find these. Well, especially especially the one with the room because it's like a little little stone you had to pull out, and then there's a big chain yeah. that they pulled out. So uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so they go in there, and this is where he's like, you know, like you know, this is where we keep the violently insane people. So yeah, I don't know where Igor went, uh, but this is where Frankenstein went. <laughs> <laughs> he went out. So obviously it was good that he went out because they didn't get caught. And that's what they tell him. This is where he goes and gets the little girl. Um, now, how we knew where she lived, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but another good use of play of the shadows makes Frankenstein look a hundred times taller than what he is. So um, Igor starts playing that flute. He grabs the girl. Going back with the girls and both of them, that's how they... The kids don't seem as terrified at him as no the everybody else, right? See, and there's the ball right there that he's going to grab, and he knocks over this lantern, um, which I was wondering what he was doing right here, and then I finally put two and two together uh, later when uh, Frankenstein uses it, or uh, yeah, as to help. But that kerosene lamp just went up instantly. So basically, uh, he goes back because I. Uh, Frankenstein's like, well, where is he? And he's like, you you let him get away. He's like, hey, it's a good thing you got away because they came to search the house. So he comes back. He's got the girl in his arm. This is where he tells Frankenstein, I know you put this. Basically, he's the monster saying, I want this brain in my body. And um, the little girl's like, can I just go home now? <laughs> yeah. she's, she's dragging her by one arm. You know, under the thing. So... Uh, basically, uh, Elsa grabs a little girl, takes her upstairs or whatever, and um, uh, Frankenstein leads uh, the monster with by that ball to uh, basically. I don't know. Does he take him back to the the laboratory or does he gas him again? I think he takes him back to the laboratory, right, to prep him. Um, but yeah, but for some reason he's become attached to that girl. So, but this is where Elsa finds out. Like, look, we have the little girl, we have the monster. Here's what we're doing. Um, and she does <laughs> with the monsters. Yeah, yeah, went in the brain. I want this know. brain. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So, so he knows enough that they're going to put a brain in it. Well, Igor told him, yeah. But uh, so they basically locked her up, and he's got that ball in his hand and Frankenstein grabs it and basically leads him um, away. I see. I don't know if the monster thinks that he's leading him back to the girl because he has the ball. It could have been, maybe not be as smart as we're giving him credit for it. So now we're back in the operating room and um, Frankenstein's asking Bomar. He's like, Hey, how's the patient? He's like, Hey, he's doing surprisingly well, you know, because it is now Igor 
But if you remember, here is my question to you. When Frankenstein comes back and he shoves open the door, Igor's behind the door. Does it crush him? Yes, I think so. And so now he's paralyzed, and that's another reason why Bomer probably went ahead with this operation. Right. Because I noticed that one in, in, in launching that. That the he, he yeah he, he shoves it all the way back all the way back and then he just kind of falls over so I'm yeah. thinking that he's done for, um, but that was one observation I had. So stupid Frankenstein doesn't know any better that hey guess what it's not Doctor Kettering's brain that's going in there, it is none other than Igor's. <laughs> so um, you know the, the Bomer tells uh, Igor he's like look you may not survive this. And he's like, that's okay. He's like, I'm dying anyway. You know, it's better than death. So, um, yeah, I think he's pretty much bedridden after this. Still, uh, Dr. Frankenstein don't know. Right. Well, so I thought that was a pretty cool scene where he goes to give him the anesthetic and he comes in at you. And then, you know, you see the tools and the clocks winding as they're slaving away, putting the new brain in. And I like when he brings the brain in the jar. (laughs) You know, it just carries it in there like, da-da-da-da. And uh, gives it to Frankenstein. He's like, "Well, soon we'll find out if it took." And Doctor Kittering will be. This is where he says that Doctor Kittering will be mad at us. He may not be mad at you, but you might be mad at yourself. Um. So once again, the uh, the police come, and, and the uh, well, the villagers are like, "Look, my daughter's been missing for two weeks now." So, there's only, we've searched everywhere, there's only one person that would hide a monster such as these. Now, what goes to this? Why is that the, the last resort when it should have been probably their first place well, to Well, let, let me ask you another question. So, you already blew up one castle. Is this in the same town? No, because remember, they, they had to go to another town to where Frankenstein was at. Right, but why would you uh, have this castle <laughs> and give it to somebody else named Frankenstein that has all these laboratories in it? It doesn't make sense there either. But um, So this Bob decides, and this one guy's like, hey, we're going to go get the inspector. You know, they're, they're going after him. So the mob, once again, gets the torches, and here we go after Frankenstein and the monster once again. So the constable... Uh, that says, hey, they're on the way to Frankenstein. So he hops on his horse. He's like, look, give me five minutes. Let me go in there, whatever. Let me talk to him and see if he knows anything. And he says, and then after that, do what you're going to do. Which is stupid. I don't know what. They're just going to burn it down or are they actually going to well, search? Gotta, let's go get the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this guy goes in there. He said, look, he's like, if you've got any inkling where this stuff is, um, you better let us know because we're gonna go in there. And we're gonna we're gonna do some damage. Um, so I think this guy kind of knew Frankenstein was lying too. So um, the little girl um, actually is taken out to her father, and they're like, "This just incites them even further." But first, I think Frankenstein he's like, "Look." He's like, do you want to see the patient? Here's the patient. Um, so he thinks he's going to go take him in there to talk to Dr. Kettering, <laughs> which... Surprise! This is the, you know, as bad as the last movie one, this actually was a quite a awesome surprise when... <laughs> 
they go in there and the monster is sitting on like the edge of the bed, right? Or the chair, whatever. And uh, Frankenstein asked Bowman, uh, he says, hey, uh, how's the patient? He said, oh, he's doing fine. He's like, well, well he said, can he talk? And he said, well, sure. So Frankenstein, Frankenstein asking the monster, he's like, hey, do you, do you know who I am? And he's like, you're Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> and it is none other than Igor speaking. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but would you do a brain transfer? <laughs> you don't get the accent and everything. <laughs> but as we talked about earlier, with Lon Chaney uh, mouthing exactly what Carlos then said. Great job. Awesome. Uh, but it just threw me when I was watching this that it was in Igor's voice. And I was like, this is this is weird. Um but they so they gave the, the, the now the storm, the people are mad basically and he's like what do you mean you mean to tell me that you put Igor's brain into the monster he's like are you an idiot uh, he's like yeah I did it he's like oh <laughs> and uh, he's like <laughs> just watching Frankenstein react when he tells him that. He's like, you're Dr. Kettering. He's like, I am not Dr. Kettering. <laughs> and this is where, he's like, I'm Igor. And this is where I told you I didn't know if I should call it Igor Stein or Frankengor because it's now Igor and Frankenstein together. And he basically says, look, I have a strength of 100 men. He's like, I cannot die. I cannot be destroyed, which is a lie because you can get uh, dissected uh, and done. So Igor got what he wanted. And Frankenstein realized, well, now I've just made a monster worse, a hundred times worse than what my father did, because now he's got this guy's brains in him. He's like, no, you don't touch him. He's my friend to <laughs> Dr. Bomar now. So, you know, you watch even movies, day when and people lip sing. You can even tell when they're lip sing because their mouth is it's not as good as that. And they're no, there. right. It was great. And so the townspeople have finally made another battering ram somewhere, and they are breaking in. And um, this is where they come up with the... Uh, I think Elsa runs upstairs to get the little girl, if I remember right. And uh, they're coming in. When, I have a question for you on this. They said, look, we will gas all of them. I think Igor, or Igor says, we'll gas them all, or Bomar, whoever says. And he said, are you an idiot? He's like, you're going to destroy... Everybody, and, mm-hmm. and even us. And my question to you is, they're bringing all this gas, right? And they're carrying torches. <laughs> Does this not... It's not a good mixture. But see, but now when everybody comes in here, I don't see any torches now. They, they all just got like axes and shovels and picks and and all that. So I don't know if they just threw their torches on the ground. But well, probably because they're going inside, they didn't need them. But having said that, there's candles and other things all in the house right. too. But again, you got to wait for the gas get up there to where it would be at. Yeah, I would, so I would assume uh, Frankenstein and basically tries to stop Bomer from the gas and ends up throwing throwing Frankenstein on the ground. Um, and he gives the daughter to uh, Elsa gives the daughter to the dad, and then all the townspeople are like, "Look, we got to get out of here!" So they're all fighting the gas and run through. And she's like, "What about my dad?" And she's like, "I'll go back for your dad." So he goes back where, and of course, she has to follow him. We're going through the gas. Yeah, through the gas, and here she goes. She can't take it, passes out, and he's running outside with her. And Igor's like, "I'm blind." Frankenstein's now is like, "I can't see." 
I'm blind. And this is where Frankenstein tells him, he says, look, he's like, the the brain, we, we had it all ready to go. It was Kettering's brain, and it was his body match was the type, blood type, and all yeah. that was this, which makes no sense to me anyway, but I'm not no brain surgeon. Uh, so he's like the blade, the blood was the same as Kettering's and obviously not the same as Igor. So that caused a malfunction in the surgery, which now Frankenstein is blind and that it's not going to feed his sensory nerves. So I'm guessing he's going to lose taste, touch, uh, smell, sight, hearing. Um, and Frankenstein just basically starts, not Frankenstein, uh, the monster throws Bomar into some electrical equipment. It looks really cool. <laughs> Which, therefore, I do believe starts the uh, what we were going to known as the Frankenstein explosion. <laughs> starts the fire. Uh, he can't see, so he starts knocking over like all these. What would you call them? Uh, test, test tubes, tubes. And, and chemistry stuff. Yeah. And Frankenstein's now started a fire. He can't see where he can't he's going. Or... He's running into fire. He's Knocking over equipment, sparks are flying, smoke is flying, fire is flying, fireworks are flying, timbers falling. Um, and I thought this is a pretty cool shot of Lon Chaney when he's like, he knows he's struggling and he's just looking around as the flames are going up. And um, you might even be able to see a little bit of burn marks on his face, even though the fire looks terrible through the windows. Um, but as you can tell, it's a little miniature on fire, but another job well done. Uh, but it's pretty good here when the. The timber falls the, on. The timber falls on. It's, right, that's a good shot. Yeah, and I, I believe they reused that on um, House of Dracula. I believe is what I read. I think it's in the notes. So I think it's a real good. Oh yeah, and, and here we go. Here we go once again. The background. The her dad and castle is on fire. Dad's dead. He looks at her, and we're gonna walk off into the sunset or the sunrise, like Gone with the Wind style. <laughs> they go up over a hill, and guess what? The end. Now, the, the, with the the burning in the house there, it, it happens in a lot of movies. Like I watched the other day, the Boris Karloff, his last movie, Die, Monster, Die. And it's amazing how a little fire, and, and next time you get a view of the whole house is up, it don't burn in sections, just all ablaze. Yeah. So, that ends the movie. So... Here we go with some trivia real quick. Actually, there's more trivia for this than there was the last one. So um, I thought it was pretty cool of Lon Chaney that during breaks in filming that he would uh, treat uh, child members uh, of the cast to ice cream. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey. But um, the rubber piece that was uh, attached to uh, Chaney's forehead, it was very uncomfortable for him. And once he asked for it to be taken and removed, and he was frustrated when no one was listening to him, so he ripped it off himself Tearing open a bloody gash in his forehead. Uh, production on the film was shut down for a couple of days, which, hey, man, you got to get... That guy's in a lot of makeup, so that... And Jack Pierce is... I'm sure Jack Pierce did this makeup. I didn't really see the list, but I'm sure he did all that stuff. So the first script, uh, draft of the script by Eric Taylor was considered too depressing. The original Taylor treatment brought Wolf von Frankenstein back into play, as well as Igor and a mishappened hunchback, Theodore... <laughs> Igor's plan was to create a vengeful mob of society's rejects, a la freaks, led by himself with the monster as brute force. A rewrite was ordered and given to veteran writer Scott Darling, who retained the fundamental scenario but made significant changes. So, could have had a whole different movie. Uh, Boris Karloff was then acting 
in the hit Broadway show, which became Arsenic and Old Lace, and he had no interest in working on the film. Producer George Wagner wisely decided to retain Karloff's makeup out of fear that the public would not accept any change in the monster's appearance. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. was cast while he was still filming The Wolfman. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. would play the monster a number of times later. Footage from this film appears as stock shots in House of Dracula. He doubled Glenn Strange for three shots in Abbott and Costello made Frankenstein when Strange twisted his ankle, um, which we talked about when we covered that. Uh, he played the role in a half-hour version of Frankenstein on TV's Tales of Tomorrow. Do you remember that? Tales of Tomorrow. Mm, I do. I, do, I can't tell you nothing about it. I actually bought it at a uh, Dollar Tree one time. Them, you get them uh, like a little CD desk, disc, but uh, I don't remember watching it, but I did have that. Uh, and he appeared masked in two comedy sketches with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello in, on a 1952 The Colgate Comedy Show or Comedy Hour Show. Igor and the Monster weren't the only characters who came back from the dead. Michael Mark and Lionel uh, Belmore, who play the two council members murdered in Son of Frankenstein, are back as council members in this one, seemingly none the worse for worse. Or none the worse for. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. finished The Wolfman on November 27, 1941, then started this film on December 15th, and it finished on um, January 15th of 42. So, I mean, he only had less than like, what, 20 days off, maybe? And the release took place on April He didn't have a lot 30. of lines to memorize. <laughs> yeah. I know, be sure I had to uh, mouth a few. Uh, Ralph Bellamy had previously played a member of law enforcement who had some murderous monster. This, uh, the first film was The Wolfman. In both movies, Lon Janey Jr. plays the monsters. Uh, Dwight Fry appears as two different characters in this film. One uh, as the flashbacks of the original Frankenstein where he played Fritz. That was the hunchback. This is not Igor the Fritz. And the original Frankenstein... And uh, then he played one of the villagers who destroys the Frankenstein castle at the beginning of the film in this one. So Dwight had another cameo. Lon Chaney Jr. was known for his hard-drinking ways. During production of this film, Chaney became inebriated while in full costume and got lost in the intricate mazes that were part of the laboratory (laughs) set. It takes several minutes for him to find his way free. A similar incident took many years uh, later uh, when Chaney played the Frankenstein monster on an episode of Tales of Tomorrow once again. Chaney became intoxicated and mistakenly believed that his show's live telecast was the final dress rehearsal. For much of the performance, Chaney stumbled about picking up breaking props he was supposed to destroy and then setting them back down. Uh, The miniature of the Burning Castle shown at the climax of this film is identical to the miniature of the Burning Mansion shown at the climax of Night Monster. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. developed a serious allergic reaction to the makeup required to play the monster. At one point, he developed such a bad rash that production had to be halted for several days in order for him to recover. In addition to the bows, Lon Chaney Jr. experienced wearing Jack P. Pierce's makeup and prosthetic devices. The makeup he had to wear in order to portray the monster emerged, uh, emerging from the dried sulfur was a particularly difficult burden for Chaney. In order to get the look right for the monster trapped in the sulfur pit... Pierce essentially covered Chaney with cement and only provided a hole for him to breathe out of placing a straw in his mouth, by placing a straw in, him, in his mouth. The makeup process lasted from around 6 a.m. until noon, at which point the cast and crew all went to lunch, leaving Chaney alone on set while his cement-based makeup dried. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? That's terrible. Uh, reach, uh, reaching a height of six foot three and weighing two and uh, two hundred twenty pounds, Lon Chaney Jr. 
was a large man even before he was enlarged for the role of Frankenstein's monster. After Cheney had donned the makeup and prosthetic devices, he stood six foot nine and weighed 284 pounds. So he was a mammoth of a man. Uh, four of the principal actors from the Universal Pictures The Wolfman, which had finished shooting just weeks before uh, production began on this film, and which was released during production, also appeared in this movie. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr., Ralph, Ralph Bellamy, Bella Lugosi, and Evelyn Ankers all also appeared in this film. With the exception of Lugosi, each portrays a character very similar to their roles in The Wolfman. Uh, Universal Studios developed a marketing campaign for the film and encouraged theaters to place an empty chair in the lobby with a sign reading, Will You Lend Me Your Brain? (laughs) (laughs) You don't see a lot of that anymore. I know Hitchcock did a lot of that stuff, but you don't see a lot of marketing in the theaters. You might just see like a little cardboard cutout or something. Uh, This film featured the smallest budget for a Universal Pictures Frankenstein franchise film up to that point. Budgets would continue to be slashed in future films, and this would prove to be the final Frankenstein film shot by Universal's A-Unit production crews. The exterior scene shot in the fictional town of uh, Viscera reused the town square set from All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, This is the final Frankenstein film to feature the monster by himself. Each remaining Universal Frankenstein sequel featured a pairing of Dr. Frankenstein's creations with one or more of the title monsters from the rest of the Universal's uh, monster canon. In a typical example of Universal Pictures' penchant for cutting corners when it comes to budgeting their monster movies, many of the elements in this film are recycled from previous Universal monster features, most notably both exterior and interior sets used as Ludwig von Frankenstein's chalet and clinic. These same sets had just been used as the Talbot family mansion in 1941's The Wolfman, which completed shooting just weeks before the film went into production. And the bulk of the music heard here was reused in not only this film, but in countless other universal cheapy, creepy movies from the 1940s and 50s. Uh, uh, let's see, actor Lionel Atwell had top billing over Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney, who was listed at the bottom of opening and closing credits as The Monster. This is the last Frankenstein movie in the original universe franchise to feature a Dr. Frankenstein, by his true true namesake. Baron uh, Elsa Frankenstein appears in the next installment, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, handing her father's notes over to uh, Patrick Knowles in that film. Other doctors handle monster duty in the following installments, including House of Frankenstein, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, and this led to scores of younger generations to incorrectly refer to the monster as Frankenstein. (coughs) So... Um, we also do that here too. So, um, let's see here. Sir Cedric Hardwick also played the ghost of his father in the scene where Frankenstein decides to reinvigorate the monster. Hardwick's mellow baritone sound, nothing at all like the clipped nervous speech of Colin Clive who played the original Frankenstein. But Clive had passed away in 1937, the result of poor health exacerbated by acute alcoholism. A brief shot of the smoldering monster staggering across the field after escaping from the lab was shot but not used. It explains how the monster turns up alive in the next film, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Steve Allen used this clip on one of his TV shows in the 1950s. The clip uh, with an introduction by Allen is available on YouTube. In the scene where Ralph Bellamy rides uh, to the manor to stop the mob, he appears to be wearing the exact same jacket worn by Basil Rathbone in the previous Son of Frankenstein movie, uh, Minus the Belt. 
Lon Chaney's junior work on The Wolfman was completed the last week of November 1941, with production on this film beginning mid-December the same year, leaving a mere two-week break between uh, production for him. Exactly midway through this break, Pearl Harbor was bombed, bringing the U.S. directly into World War II. No one has been able to determine why Chaney, then age 35, evidently remained F4 status or 4F status, sorry, throughout the war and thus never served. All able-bodied men ages 21 to 45 were required to register for the draft during the war. So is the monster a draft dodger? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Lionel Atwell's character, Dr. Bomer, is responsible for ensuring uh, Igor's brain is switched with that of the monster, making him far more dangerous than he was before. In Man-Made Monster, Atwell plays a mad doctor who makes uh, Cheney Jr.'s character dangerously uh, dangerous via electricity, which originally brought life to the monster. Have you seen that one? Man-Made Monster? Yes. It's been a long time. A real long time. Uh, this is the only film in the Universal Pictures uh, Frankenstein franchise in which a member of the Frankenstein family, in this case Dr. Ludwig Frankenstein, is killed. Several characters in some of the sequels mention that the original Dr. Frankenstein, whose name changes from film to film, is deceased, but his death occurs off-screen and does not take place in any of the films. Did you ever say, I was a teenage Frankenstein? No. There is a movie that. Yes, but no. There was also, I was a teenage werewolf. Which was uh, Michael Landon. Michael Landon, yes. All right, Padre. Let's hear your... Questions, thoughts, ramblings, ratings for the ghost of Frankenstein. Well, I thought uh, thought it was very good. I think I still like Son of Frankenstein better. Um, this, even though this is very good, uh, Melly Lugosi does a Lugosi <laughs> Lugosi does a great Igor. Uh, in both of, well, just as Igor anytime. Uh, probably, even though he's most known for his Dracula roles, he's more versatile to me as uh, Igor than as the Dracula. Even though he's the best Dracula of all time, uh, I thought he I thought he'd done a great job in it. Lon Chaney Jr., Done an excellent job as Frankenstein. It's a monster. <laughs> you know, what's what's <laughs> up, did you? He wasn't Frank. He's the monster. Oh, he done a good job, really good job. But uh, I still think the the uh, makeup job on Boris Karloff is better. Um, I liked uh, the Frankenstein movement in this a lot better than some most of his previous ones. Sometimes he's stiff arm or. Real slow moving, and uh, this and here he, he moved around a little bit better, I thought. Uh, again, with the glorious black and white, is um, is very well done. The sets makeup is great. Um, to what do then? What they what they do if they try to do what now? What they did back then? Movies would probably be a lot better than what they are because if we if we uh, just get a computer and type it all in there and make it all up, it's not as... Uh, these people uh, went through a lot just getting their makeup put on. 
and then leaving Lon Chaney buried in cement while they go <laughs> go to break or lunch. Well, you got to let that cement harden. He had a straw to breathe out of. And uh, I bet you've seen that in several things, uh, movies back then. Now that that's who was it? What was it? And they left her laying in the. Is one of you guys done a podcast and she's left laying on the floor that the, the fumes overcame her and they all went. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't remember. They all went to lunch or something. They forgot and about her. Somebody right? found her, you know. But, but uh, it's uh, very good. Out of uh, scale one to ten, I'd give this probably a good, uh, I'd give it about a uh, seven and a half, eight. You don't like it. No, I'm, are you done? You're rocking like Renfield. <laughs> I got to make sure. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Oh, you done? Yeah. All right. Um, I like uh, the, the the camera work in this, the light and shadows, all the equipment they use, the, the whole laboratory stuff. It just looks real. Uh, I like how they reuse some of the props from... The Wolfman, especially if you're right there and you're only starting two weeks later, you might as well, uh, smart smart move on their part. Probably cost effective too. You know, Lon Chaney, he probably gives Boris Karloff a run for his money as Frankenstein as far as even the makeup. And if Frank, the original, you can't really top it because it is what it is. But I think this is as close as you can get without it being Karloff to be in Karloff, if that makes sense. Um we all know Karloff has that distinct look um, where they make him look really, I don't know, you know, you got those cheekbones that are sunken in a lot more um, and, and and all that. But I th- well, it goes back with anything monster or whatnot. Uh, the, the, the first play of it is, is Karloff. So that is the monster. When you try to duplicate it, it sort of loses something in the, the, uh, transition there uh, Lon Chaney is the wolf man but you play somebody else as a wolf man it's not quite as good as the Lon Chaney wolf man right or even the mummy for, right for but hands. but you know they did a really good job by having Karloff especially that scene where he's in the courtroom he just looks so much bigger than everybody else and when he especially when he's with the little girl and just with them like reaching down you think he's going to choke her or something it just shows his massiveness when he's up on top of those house roofs getting that ball for um, even when like they're bringing the gas in and he's trying to, you actually see him move quicker, trying to bust down doors. Uh, does he still have some of his stiff movements? Yes. My question, one of my questions is, um, yes, he had a criminal brain in him, but how come he couldn't talk? He's, you put Igor's brain in there and he can talk. He can talk. Yeah. Unless the criminal was a mute and I missed that. Well, hold on. I don't. I think there was. Well, there was one, one of them in there that he talks. That was in. I do believe that was in. Um, he talks to that old man at the. Was it that, uh, that where he was eating with somebody? Was it? He talks to somebody in one of them, but I can't remember which one. Well, I think he was supposed to talk in the Frankenstein meets Wolfman or something too. I think if we did, if I remember our notes, but it's been a minute. I'll have to go back and watch it, but. Uh, again, Bella Lugoski, as you would call him, uh, I, 10 out of a 10 performance for me in this. I think, um, 
I think the poor guy was just so typecast as Dracula that it was hard for him to find different roles. But I think this one, he really did a really good job. And I think I think it might be one of his best performances. Um, I, I, I tend to think that his performance in this was probably better than in Son of Frankenstein, just for Igor's role. Well, uh, that's... That, that's- Fine, and I just, I just sort of like the uh, excuse me, Kyle. You had, your, you had your chance to talk. I'm talking, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Kyle says that a lot. We love you, Kyle. But um, yeah, so with the cinematography, with uh, Karloff's performance, or not Karloff, uh, Lugosi and um, Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, the acting, the sets. Um, I'm probably going to give this an eight and a half. Um, I just think it was really well done. Um, I, you know, if you can't get Karloff, you got probably the next best thing. Uh, maybe the better thing in some cases. Um, and I just like what they did with the monster in this. I think, I think it was perfect. And I think a lot of people are probably confused when they see this town. It's like the ghost of Frankenstein and it's Frankenstein's monster on the front, uh, you know, and they're like, what? There's no ghost of Frankenstein. Little do they know that Frankenstein is the scientist, not the uh, monster. So again, um, I think, uh, well done. Uh, now this, this compared to the She-Wolf of London, night and day. This is what a universal monster movie should be. You what? have the monster. You have the build-up. But, but see, this is like a sequel. Even like, even in Frankenstein, the first one, it took you till half the movie, if not longer, to see the monster, too. Yeah. It was the build-up to the reveal. Now that you've had a couple of sequels, and you can go ahead and show the monster all you want. Right. And, and it's, it's already and been... it sells tickets, right. Now, with the She-Wolf of London, how about the She-Frankenstein, which they did make in Hammer Pictures with Peter Cushing... Frankenstein creates woman, but okay, which is still I'm, better than. I'm going to tell you this one time. Let's see if you listen. What is this called? We're doing right now. Universal. Thank you. And what did you just say? Hammer. Horror. Yeah. No, we're not in Hammer films right now. Maybe after we get up with Universal, we'll have you dive down the, <laughs> well, the horror keep, films. If you we'll, keep up with this, <laughs> the she will one. We'll be there soon. So, I've got some good news for everybody. This will be the first time we've announced it on the podcast. Uh-oh. My dad and I are getting ready to launch another, um, I guess, branch um, of our podcast off, which, you know, with Kyle's work schedule and Eric ADZ's work schedule with the Twilight Zones um, and dad doing the Universal uh, movies with me, we are going to start a new uh, series uh, that we call I Can't Believe That Was a Movie. And we are going to be covering We've some already of, done one. No, we haven't done well. <laughs> <laughs> we count the Universal way. But um, we, we decided we're going to do a couple of these cheesy B movies because some of those, I can't believe they were a movie. And then some of them are like, I can't believe they were a movie because they were actually good. And when you'll find out our, uh, our takes on those. But the first one that we have decided to do... <laughs> And Lord help us is called um, the Crawling Hand. <laughs> when was that released? The Crawling Hand was released in 1963. Um, don't worry, uh, we haven't recorded it yet. It is free on YouTube to watch, so it's not nothing you have to run out and buy. Don't miss it. <laughs> you don't. Pl- oh, let me ask you a question, Dad. Also, is it uh, is it better than She Wolf of London? Yes. <laughs> But as far as, as we talked about this earlier, 
the the uh, it's a better movie, but it's not better made. Yeah, it's the more grainy. of a grainy look. It's but that not, might be uh, because they haven't released it on like 4K or Blu-ray or anything too. You or know? it could just be a cheap, it could just be that bad. So cheap. So production. be on the lookout for that. We're going to start recording some of those, and we'll have some of those out every once in a while too. Uh, when my dad makes time for his son, uh, it's hard to do. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, you guys heard that. I played the sun card on him. So, well, with that being said, I think this episode of the Universal Monsters is coming to a close. Uh, be on the lookout. For I can't believe that is a movie, as well as some more Universal Monsters with my dad in the future. So with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut. <laughs>